1: Taryn Pritchett.
4: Hello, football fans. Welcome to the program. Airing on 9:60 a.m. WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTRadio.com. On our free WSBT Radio app, live on Twitch. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Thursday. September 1st of 2022, it is 9 minutes after 5 o'clock, 86 degrees in downtown South Bend with partly cloudy skies, tonight low of 60, tomorrow high of 87, Saturday in South Bend, partly sunny, a high of 87 degrees in Columbus, Ohio on Saturday, where we will have number five, Notre Dame taking on number two, Ohio State. 83 degrees, the expected high temperature. The low right around 68, cloudy skies, no precipitation expected in Columbus for the game. And the wind throughout the day out of the south at 8 to 10 mile per hour. So it sure looks like it's going to be a fine evening for some classic football between two iconic programs, Notre Dame and Ohio State, the Buckeyes. No longer favored by 17 and a half. It's cut down to 17. So a little Notre Dame money has come in. A little to take at least the hook away from this particular game. Right now it is 17 points. Ohio State the favorite. The over-under for the game is 59. And if you think Notre Dame is going to win this game outright, if they're going to go into Columbus and win the game, you can get the Fighting Irish on the money line right now at plus 525. Now that is some heavy-duty juice on the Fighting Irish, but can they get it done? Looking forward to the action Saturday night. We have the game for you on WSBT Radio, 730 kickoff, but our pregame coverage begins at 2 o'clock with the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show with Tim Growl and Jim Irizarry. They'll be... I guess focus more on interviewing Notre Dame personalities from two until four o'clock, mixing a little football talk about Saturday's game as well. And then Blue and Golds Tyler Horka and I will be hosting Game Day Sports Beat presented by Michelob Ultra from four until six thirty. Tyler will join me from the Horseshoe Live to offer. The latest news from the side of the game here on WSBT Radio. Kickoff at 7.30 and then Jim comes back along with the legendary Irish running back Reggie Brooks to break it all down late night Saturday night into Sunday morning on the official Notre Dame football post game show all in one spot. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Speaking of that 17-point underdog role the Fighting Irish have right now, If you're into wagering, you're thinking, wow, a top five team, according to the writers and the coaches, going on the road, and you're getting 17 points, it's too good to be true, right? You got to jump all over Notre Dame. Is that the way we should be thinking? So I brought in an expert to join me tonight to offer a true Las Vegas perspective on Notre Dame being a 17-point underdog. Tim Murray is a host on VEASAN. VEASAN created by Brent Musburger. It is a sports wagering 24-hour channel, and they do great work. They broadcast from Las Vegas. Tim hosts a show called Primetime that now airs from 6 to 9 Eastern Time, and he is joined by former Tulane and Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl quarterback Sean King. They talk about the action as it happens. They have a lot of fun on the program. And Tim grew up a big, big Notre Dame football fan and is still a Notre Dame football fan. His dad and sister went to Notre Dame. He spent many a Saturday afternoons watching the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium. So here's an Irish fan in Vegas. And since his show now starts at 6 o'clock, it just got pushed up a couple of days ago. A, a terrific time slot for Tim and Sean. We did the interview earlier this afternoon, and I think you will be interested to hear a diehard Notre Dame fan's perspective who works in Vegas in the sports wagering game, his thoughts on the 17 points and also the over-under points of 59. So you'll get some true Vegas insider information when Tim Murray hops on the program right around 6.07. And that'll lead into the legendary We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment. There'll be a big drop-off from Tim to me, but we'll have some fun along the way. We're talking Notre Dame, Ohio State on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: The first, pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Of Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
4: And here we go with tonight's first pitch on Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Our first pitch is Notre Dame football news. Kind of what you expected, but here we go. Jared Patterson. The All-American offensive guard for the Fighting Irish is still listed as questionable for the Ohio State game, according to Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman, who met the media in a Zoom call noon this afternoon. So here's some insight. Patterson suffered a foot sprain in practice a couple of weeks ago. Had a cast on, then a walking boot. We can tell you he has practiced tuesday and wednesday but it was limited he was not involved in every drill or every snap so the positive news patterson has been practicing but you wonder is notre dame saving some bullets right now in that foot You don't want him to be out there for every snap this week as he continues to come back from this foot sprain. You get the sense it's probably not 100% or close to 100% at this particular time. So you might be just saving Patterson a little bit from an extra wear and tear on that foot. Still could go. There's a chance he plays in the game. Maybe he gets a few snaps. They have to go a different direction. Patterson's trying to be ready against what many believe is a much improved Ohio State defensive line from last year. So we'll see if Patterson can go, a true game time decision. I'm betting he goes, how long he lasts might be the bigger question. Now, if Patterson can't start, has to be relieved. The assumption is based on the depth chart that sophomore Rocco Spindler, Rocco! Help the guys find their checkbooks. That's Caddyshack. I don't remember the line after that. But anyway, Rocco could make his first start for the Fighting Irish at left guard. If Patterson can't go, Andrew Kristoffik finished last year as Notre Dame's starting left guard. On the depth chart, he is listed as the backup to Josh at right guard. But, hey, we know it. they need him at left guard, Kristoffik could help out there as well. So again, the story today is no news, really, no update, I should say. Jared Patterson still questionable for the matchup against Ohio State on Saturday. Any game you play in, you want to get off to a fast start. No matter the sport, you want to get off to a fast start. Set the tone. You don't want to fall behind. You don't want to at some point have to leave that game plan that you've been working on for a long time. You want to be able to stick with it. Can the Irish get off to a quick start in Columbus? Now, Marcus Freeman did tease us a little bit this week when asked about the coin flip. He said he was gonna talk to his coaches about the decision Thursday, which is today, but he did mention on Monday he tends to be more of a defer coach get that extra possession in the second half. So if Notre Dame wins the coin toss, you would assume they would defer, and Ohio State will take the ball, and their high-powered offense, number one in the country last year, would get the football first. So it's up to the defense to get off to a fast start, trying to slow down Ohio State. Hey, make them go on a 12-13 play drive. Those explosive plays that Ohio State can put on you are daggers. Oregon, Michigan, they were more able to force them to go the length of the field and be methodical. I'm cool with that. Keep those receivers in front of you. Fast start. What goes into that? Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman offered a little insight what he has done in fall camp to hopefully – put his team in position to get off to a fast start in Columbus Saturday night.
2: That's something that, um, you know, you got to preach, you got to practice it. You got to start practice with situations that, that don't help you ooze into a game. You know, we, we try to start practice with some openers, some different situations that, you know, the minute we're done with, with stretching and flex that we can go right into to a competitive situation, you know, and, and, it's a mindset, but also it's about execution and it's about knowing exactly what you want to do and, and going out and executing. So starting fast has, has been important from us since the day I became the head coach and, and obviously starting fast for the season is, has been important to us as we started ball camp. You know, you can't start slow versus a team like Ohio State. And so um, that will be uh, something that, that we're aspiring and striving to do. Um, and we'll see on September 3rd if we're able to do it.
4: Well, my game day sports beat co-host Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, joined me yesterday to talk about the wrapping up of fall camp and now this first game. He did mention there was a tendency on the days in which the media viewed the start of practice and they were able to watch a good amount of practices in the fall camp thanks to Marcus Freeman and his staff. But he said, in his opinion, he always thought that Quarterback Tyler Buckner got off to a little bit of a slow start in practices and then would pick it up as the practice proceeded. Boy, you sure don't want that Saturday in Columbus. I just have a lot of respect for C.J. Stroud and that Buckeye offense. I'm not trying to downplay the Irish defense. Not trying to say they're not very good, have no chance. They have their hands full. Every team that faces this offense will have their hands full they will have to execute, they will have to play at a high level. In fact, you might have to say you might have to play over your head a little bit against this team. Ohio State is not invincible, but this is a loaded football team ready to make a major push, and Notre Dame stands in their way right now of taking their first step toward getting back to the college football playoff. Maybe the team with the best chance outside of the SEC to win the national championship. But that all goes away if they lose to the Fighting Irish on Saturday. So let's see the fast start or not for the Fighting Irish in this game and we'll get a good feel for Tyler Buckner. His start in this game as well as it to the level that this football team needed against Ohio State. Now three players coming back from injuries from the group of Fighting Irish skill position players. You got running back Logan Diggs. Had the torn labrum during the blue goal game. Needed surgery. I think there was a feeling he wouldn't be ready for the first game. Maybe if he's ready by October 1st. That's a positive. Well, this kid, men's in a hurry. Red jersey taken off last week. He is ready for contact. So the sophomore running back, ready to go. Dion Colsey sophomore wide receiver, had a sprained knee in the middle of camp. Joe Wilkins, the veteran wide receiver, coming off a foot injury. Marcus Freeman wasn't sure he'd be ready for the first game. Check that. He is ready for the first game. Diggs, Colsey, Wilkins. Marcus Freeman was asked today, those three guys, if he needed them for full snaps for the game on Saturday, would they be ready? What type of performance would they put together?
2: Yeah, all three of them will, will be in a position to play for us and be able to uh, go out there and, and compete. And so, um, again, we're not going to put them on the field if we don't think they're ready to, to help us and they're ready to play a game. And uh, we feel all three of those guys are ready to help us and ready to go compete on Saturday. So, um Again, there's some probably live reps they missed during camp, but there's no hesitation in my mind and the position coach's mind to, you know, play those guys.
4: Hey, Logan Diggs is good enough to help this running back core, but if offensive coordinator Tommy Reese wants to use Chris Tyree in a lot of different ways on Saturday outside of being a running back, then Audra Custumé and Logan Diggs will have even more responsibilities in the backfield For the fighting average. and I think dig showed us what he was capable of really good things in the backfield once he got the chance to get on the field in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech Colsey showed some promise last year probably at the start of spring we would have said he is in line to be a starter didn't work out at least right now but still snaps are coming his way Wilkins to me is more of a reserve good to have him healthy on standby, and we'll see if Joe Wilkins can add a little bit more to this fighting Irish offense. Jason Anabiola, I think this guy is a key to the game from a defensive standpoint. Ohio State has two preseason All-American offensive tackles. A lot of focus on Isaiah Foskey of Notre Dame coming off the edge. He'll probably get chipped. He'll get double-teamed. Riley Mills on the other side of the defensive line. But Ohio State has some new faces in the interior of their offensive line. This is where Jason Adamiola comes in. Really good, solid player last year. And able to provide a push from the middle of that Fighting Irish defensive line. Stout against the run. He can get after the quarterback with three and a half sacks. I think with the attention on Foskey, I think Adebiola has a chance to have a major impact in this game. If he can get into Stroud's face a couple of times, extremely important. We can't forget about the Buckeye running game. They can run it with the best of the teams in the country with Travion Henderson. They're running back coming off 1,200 rushing yards last year. Adebiola will have to be stout against the run as well. So I think this is a big moment for Jason and Marcus Freeman offered some insight on the play of Jason Adebiola earlier today.
2: Well, he's obviously brings an emotional aspect uh, to the game and, and he plays the game with emotion. Um, he's a high motor guy that you can watch, you push play and that dude's all over the field. And uh, you know, that's what you need. You know, you have to play this game with, with some type of emotion. I say all the time, we want to play the game with emotion but not be emotional. and uh, Jason definitely brings an element of emotion to the way he plays. He plays extremely hard, um, and uh, I think he raises the play of those around him. So uh, I'm excited and confident in what he's going to bring to the table.
4: We are expecting to see eight defensive linemen rotate in and out of the game for the Fighting Irish. Jason Adebiola, let's see if he has that impact I'm expecting in the ballgame. Finally, special teams, Marcus Freeman brought in Coach Mason wanting special teams to be difference makers. I think a lot of times the last couple of years when we played the advantage game of the program, we oftentimes said special teams a push. And sometimes just being a push was a good thing because Notre Dame just was never overly dynamic in their return game. A lot of fair catches. I'm really curious to see how different special teams is attacked With a new head coach in charge of this unit. Still got to take care of the football. And Coach Kelly always mentioned that. Priority number one is taking care of the football. And he's exactly right. But special teams can really flip the field. Make it a factor. Be aggressive. See if you can put the opposition in a tough spot. Force them to cover you. So are we going to see a good number of starters from offense and defense, help out on special teams. Marcus Freeman says yes, and he'll mention a couple of names, and you might be surprised they could be on special teams.
2: top of my head, I don't have the exact number of starters, but it's a point of emphasis for us. And so we're going to have to put our best players on special teams, and that's because of how important that is to our program. We believe that um, we have to have a superior special teams unit. We have to be um, really, really – understand how important that phase of the football game is. And so, um, again, I expect to see guys like Bo Bauer and, and you know, some of those Jordan Botellos And, you know, you'll see Isaiah Foskey on some units. You'll see, I mean, again, the most dependable players, um, the players you count on will be on all of our special teams, but especially those cover
4: units. I would assume Foskey probably comes into play when the opposition is attempting a field goal An extra point. Maybe Foskey is a guy that can come in and block one of those Ohio State kicks. I mean, he's not going to be running down the field on kickoff returns. I could see Bo Bauer definitely doing that. But you might see some familiar names running around on special teams. So Marcus Freeman met the media today one more time before kickoff on Saturday for Notre Dame at Ohio State. Again, Jared Patterson the all-american offensive guard still questionable with a foot sprain he will be a game time decision. Game time is 7:30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In
1: 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. Pollock to right, track, wall, opposite field, Connor. AJ Pollock muscles up and puts this game out of reach.
4: Former Notre Dame star A.J. Pollock just homered homered a couple of moments ago in the eighth inning for the White Sox at home against Kansas City. Homer number 10 for Pollock. It was a two-run shot. Put the White Sox in front 7-1, and the game has just gone. Final, White Sox 7, Royals 1. So the White Sox get the victory today at home over a team that has given them fits throughout the year, the Kansas City Royals, and so Cleveland now leads the third-place White Sox by four-and-a-half games in the AL Central. And the Guardians will be hosting the Baltimore Orioles tonight in just about 35 minutes. So White Sox pick up the win 7-1 over Kansas City this afternoon at Guaranteed Rate Field on the south side of Chicago.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
4: Well, yesterday we posted this question on my Twitter account, 960 Sportsbeat. Who wins the college football national championship? I gave you just two choices. Choice number one, you get three teams. Alabama, Georgia Bulldogs, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Choice number two, you can take the Fighting Irish and the rest of the field. So who wins the title? One of those three, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, or the rest of the field. The voting is complete. Second place in the voting. At 29.8%, Notre Dame and the rest of the field. And overwhelmingly, you just want three teams in your pool. Bama, Georgia, Ohio State got 70.2% of the vote. Well, tomorrow I'll pass along my playoff predictions and who wins the national championship. I think it's safe to say that two of those three are definitely going to be in the college football playoff one, maybe. A shot, maybe. And then the fourth, I think you can go a whole lot of different directions. There's arguments for more than a handful of teams. But if I were to vote on yesterday's question, I would have agreed with the majority. Who wins the national title? I'll take Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State and give you the rest of the field. Thank you for voting. Now we have today's question ready for you. College game day is going to be in Columbus for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Reese Davis, Kirk Street, Lee Corso, David Pollard, David Pollack, excuse me. They're all going to be there talking about the Irish and the Buckeyes and everything else happening in week one in college football. So... This is why we bring forth today's question. Is ESPN's College Game Day normally on your TV at some point on Saturday mornings during the college football season? Yes or no? This show is extremely popular. I'm just curious to see if Irish fans are tuning in to this particular program. When it's not just about Notre Dame, it's about everything in college football. A lot of SEC talk, as you would imagine. With ESPN locking arms with the SEC. So, is ESPN's college game day normally on your TV at some point on a Saturday morning during the college football season? Yes or no? We will tabulate the votes tomorrow, pass along the results on tomorrow's program, and we will have a Friday question for you here on Budweiser's weekday Sports Beat. So, that's our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day. 21 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Next, you'll hear from possibly a very important offensive weapon for the Irish, Saturday in Columbus. You'll hear from that player next as Sports Beat rolls on. On this Thursday, on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on the Twitch app.
1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run! Touchdown! Spectacular run! Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Earl Smith, touchdown. 5 by rocket touchdown, Irish. Here's your host and preach it
4: still to come Beesons, host of the brand new program prime time from 6 to 9 p.m Eastern time talking all things sports gambling from Vegas Tim Murray joins the program in about 20 minutes we focus on Notre Dame football specifically how to look at the Notre Dame Ohio State game from a wagering standpoint 17 points that's a lot of points for a top Five team, But is that the good play? We'll talk to Tim about the Las Vegas feel on this game in just a little bit here on WSBT Radio. Chris Tyree, turf toe last year, held him back. We did not see what I think is the real Chris Tyree. He has electric speed. Not only a guy that can run to the outside and use that speed, but not afraid to get dirty in between the tackles. He could be the secret weapon for Tommy Reese. Now, everybody knows about Chris Tyrese, so I don't look at him as a surprise calling him a secret weapon. I just feel like he can be used in so many different ways. And with from the outside, the Goog looking in, feeling that the wide receiving core still has something to prove. We've heard a lot of good things coming from fall camp. Now when the lights shine brightest, are they going to be able to perform? Tyree is a guy that coming out of the backfield can catch the football. He can line up as a wide receiver. Just going to be kind of interesting to see how Tommy Reese handles all the skill position players he has to work with, including Tyree, who last year, again, dealing with injuries, 56 carries, 222 yards, four yards a carry, a touchdown, had 24 catches for 258 yards and two receiving touchdowns I would have to imagine for Notre Dame to win this game Chris Tyree is going to have to be a factor on offense so let's hear from Chris Tyree as he prepares for the opener against Ohio State and this is kind of the old guy in the running back room all of a sudden with Kyron Williams now playing for the St. Louis Louis, the Los Angeles Rams Mr. Tyree's that old grizzly veteran guy in a very talented running back room. And Tyree, this week talking to the Notre Dame media, discussed the opportunity in front of this Notre Dame football team in Columbus on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think as a team, we're really excited. Um, you know, it's a big week coming up, like you said, but um, we just know that we have to take it one game at a time, go uh, one and know every week. But, um, you know, if we can come out with a W, it'll be a, a really good start to the season. So that's, that's our focus right now. Where do you feel your game is at compared to previous years? Do you feel like this is your opportunity now to show everyone what, what Chris Tyree can can do? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I'm a lot more confident in my game than I have been in the past couple of years. Um, I'm a lot more poised than I have been as well. So, um, you know, it's just me having confidence in my ability and, um, you know, just executing my job out there. So, yep.
5: When you have that extra confidence, how does that help your actual Performance and your, your game itself,
3: your ability on the field. Mm-hmm. I can tell you know just from camp that energy is really contagious. Um, I can put my, my confidence into, into my teammates as well, and not just myself. So um you know just keeping that contagious energy, that positive energy throughout my teammates as well is something that um, I've been focusing on, and um it's been paying off throughout throughout camp. So I'm re- I'm, I'm really excited for week one.
0: Chris, what's the most exciting thing about going to this week one matchup?
3: Man, I mean, it's two powerhouse programs going out at week one. I mean, it's some a game that you really dream of as a child. You know, playing in those big games, playing the Saturday night football games. Um, so yeah, just be, being able to have the opportunity to play in the big stage is uh, really exciting.
4: What's been the conversations, I guess, in the locker room as far as preparation and uh, just executing on the field, what
0: you've been doing all, all, all you know, off, off season
3: Yeah, that's that's what that's what it's been been all about really. is just our preparation. We know that um, our, our preparation is going to pay off on Saturdays. So, you know, just having that focus throughout the week, having focus throughout practice, and knowing that our preparation will pay off on Saturdays is uh, basically our biggest focus right now. Chris, can you talk about your
4: development? Not running the ball, basically blocking, mm-hmm. and
3: doing other things in the backfield. Yeah, um, I understand that. You know, I have to affect the game without the ball on my hands as well. So, um, just being consistent every play, no matter no matter whether I'm getting the ball or not. Um, I mean. That's pretty much it really. Oh, I mean I have to fight the game with the with, with the ball in my hands or without so.
0: And how has Tyler Buckner made you a better
3: running back? A better running back? Yeah. Um, with I him was, in the
0: backfield
4: as a quarterback. How has he made you a better
3: running back? Um I mean just being a Tyler is a really mobile quarterback. Um, he can, you know, make plays with his legs, make make plays with the ball in his hands. So um, you know, it makes my reads easier just being that, you know, he gives the defense an extra hat to look out for. What will, what will people see from from Tyler on, on Saturday? A playmaker. Simple as that. He makes plays. Um, no matter what, whether he's throwing the ball, whether he's running it, whether he's making checks, making reads, communicating to the offense, he makes plays. So that, that's what you're going to see from him. Chris, outside of Oklahoma State, does, when you were watching Ohio State on film, did they remind you of any defense that you guys have played since you've been here? Um, I couldn't say. I I really don't have a finger to point out, but... um. You know, it's a really unique defensive as you see on film as well. But um, just being that we've seen a little bit of it from the bowl game, um, you know, we have something to look at on film. So it's uh, kind of familiar, I guess I guess you could say. And then Coach Freeman stressed the importance of running the football yesterday. What gives you confidence? You guys have kind of taken a step forward from
2: last year in that.
3: Yeah, I mean, one up front. I mean, Coach Freeman preaches to us all day that, you know, it's an O-line, D-line, driven program, so um having confidence up front, having confidence on our line is something that, you know, we have to push and something that we have to let our alignment know. Like, we believe in you guys, um, no matter the down and distance, We know, that you guys are going to protect us up front. So, um, just being that we have confidence in them, like I said earlier, um, you know, just having that contagious energy confidence throughout the whole team is something that's really important. And then, I know your freshman year was the COVID season, so Florida State was like your first big game atmosphere. Do you remember was it kind of what you expected heading into college football or is it like even crazier? Yeah, um, I mean, it's something that you can't really put into words, especially with that being my first game. Um, You know, it's something that I have been dreaming of for a long time, and um, just being able to experience that is something that, you know, something I'll never forget. So, um, yeah, I honestly couldn't say I could put it into words. It's a really big, uh, really big, exciting feeling, so, yeah.
4: That was Notre Dame running back Chris Tyree hoping to gallop through the Buckeye secondary Saturday night at 7.30. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is being brought to you by Budweiser, the King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, for new beginnings, have happy endings. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. Southman Orthopedics team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949 and by Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience.
1: One question, five answers. This is the My 5 Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
4: I'm Darren Pritchett at 557. The five things the Notre Dame offense needs to do to have some success against Ohio State on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We begin with Irish quarterback Tyler Buckner throwing the football successfully to put pressure on the Ohio State defense. The Buckeyes, I'm sure, imagine Notre Dame looking to want to begin the game by running the football effectively, try to play power football, something that Ohio State did not handle well at times last year. Michigan, Oregon, prime examples. But yet Buckner being able to provide balance for this offense is a must. In this particular contest, I have a lot of hope for Buckner outside the pocket, making a play with his legs or with his arm. I think he's really good at throwing the football in the run again. As I've said a couple of times, don't mean to continue to say the same thing, but after the first game, we'll know more. I just want to see him in a big time college football game, standing in the pocket, how well he can deliver the football. And sometimes it's on the quarterback's shoulders to figure it out on 3rd down and seven, third down and 8. And you look around and your top couple of options are covered. What are you going to do? Well, Tyler's ability to run the football is in the back of the mind of this Ohio State defense. Four! Number four, production out of the wide receiver positions with all the focus on Michael Mayer, the All-American tight end. Yeah, Ohio State will have a couple of guys in his vicinity quite often. You've got some great opportunities with wide receivers and their abilities to make plays against some one on ones when they're not in zone. I like Lorenzo Styles Jr. in a lot of matchups. Styles could have that game breaking ability for this football team. So I know about Mayer, I know about Stiles. Lindsey's been around here a long time. Is there another level to his game? Jaden Thomas has come out of nowhere to gain more playing time at receiver. We've seen it in the blue goal game. We've seen it in fall camp. Now let's see it against Ohio State and the number two team in the country. So production out of the wide receiver position, vitally important. Heck, Chris Tyree might fall into that category. The running back playing wide receiver to help out in that area.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, Number
4: three. Mentioned fast starts earlier in the ball game. Well, number three, how does Tommy Reese get Tyler Buckner off to a comfortable, confident start? I think this is a huge part of the ball game. First-time starter playing at the horseshoe. I know they've talked about, well, he played in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. Yeah, okay kind of the same thing, but this is a whole different ball game. So how do you get Buckner off to a good start? You find the throws that he's comfortable with, the plays that he really likes. I kind of feel like you get him outside the pocket a couple of times and let him peruse the defense, have that running option. I'm not sure standing back in the pocket. First couple of throws would be the direction I would go, but Tommy Reese is a heck of a lot smarter than I am, and his bank account is probably about 50 times the size of mine. He'll know what to do. He's been there. He's done that. He's been in Tyler Buckner's shoes. But let's watch how Reese designs the offense early to get Buckner comfortable early on in this matchup. Number two. Convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns. This is not a field goal game. Blake Groupie comes from Arkansas State, all-time leading scorer in that program's history. I'm sure he's a very good field goal kicker, but I'm really not interested in seeing him kick field goals on Saturday. Field goals leads to a loss. You get inside the Ohio State 20, you got to punch it in. Touchdowns, 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 and red zone touchdowns is something this coaching staff has tried to get better at, starting practice with red zone opportunities. But against the Buckeyes, we need seven, not three, when you get down into the red zone.
2: Number one.
4: And let's not bury the lead. Run the football, run it effectively, run it often. Audrick Estime, Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree, Tyler Buckner, Braden Lindsey on an end around, Lorenzo Styles on an end around. I don't care how you do it. You do have to play keep away a little bit. It's out of respect to that Ohio State offense. The defense can force that offense to go the length of the field and not give up the big play. And if the Irish can run the ball, that's a pretty good start to pulling off the upset. Or at least you stay close going into the fourth quarter and you have an outside shot of winning this football game. You got an offensive line you like. You've got a great running back room. You've got a quarterback that can do damage. Why not Saturday, the running game, get off to a flying start? That would be a big bonus. That's the I Five question of the day. 603, we're going to talk sports wagering. In particular, Notre Dame, Ohio State with Beeson's Tim Murray, who's a diehard Irish fan, by the way, coming up in a couple of moments on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. My special guest is Tim Murray, the host of Eason's Live's new primetime show that airs from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time with Super Bowl champion quarterback Sean King. Tim's a big Notre Dame football fan, so why not bring him in to talk about this really interesting line between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Tim, great to be with you today. Thank you so much for your time how are you today
5: i'm great man yeah like you said uh live for the irish have my whole life dad went there sister went there spent uh spent many weekends growing up in uh in south bend no no better place uh in my opinion than uh than south bend in the fall so i uh, need to get back uh up there uh but fortunately for me uh, I moved to Las Vegas, and a couple years after that, the Irish come to Las Vegas. So uh, can't complain <laughs> too much about that.
4: <laughs> They're following you. It's a good thing. Hey, what's your excitement level with Marcus Freeman?
5: Oh, I mean, my excitement level is really high. I mean, you know, and, and I know, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, what your listeners have thought. I've certainly kept tabs on, you know, message boards and whatnot and Twitter, which is never really a, a fair pulse. But, look, I was a big fan of Ryan Kelly in the sense that he brought this program Uh, back to where it was in the early 90s when I was a little kid, you know. And the majority of my life, Darren, I'll I'll age myself here. I was born in 87. Uh, I remember 93. Uh, I remember beating Florida State. And then after that, as you well know, it's kind of been a rocky road. And then the stability that was brought in from Brian Kelly was great. I, I do think Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, was the right hire because it builds off of what was being built but I think with the enthusiasm that he brings into this program, I think it could bring him up to the next level. It's, it's a risk, right? He's never coached a game, you know, in his career outside of the Fiesta Bowl. So there's certainly a risk. But my level is, is very high because at the end of the day, the name of the game, as, a, as you and your listeners know, is recruiting. And you've got to bring in those big-time players. And I know the Keyon Keeley commitment was, uh, was an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance. But as of right now, uh, according to 247 Sports, this is this would be still the best class yep. uh, since it, within the Brian Kelly era. So uh, enthusiasm very high with, uh, with Marcus Freeman.
4: Tim, it's really interesting. This summer, the Notre Dame-Ohio State line was right around 10. In August, it started to jump up. And I believe as we record this interview right now, most people have Notre Dame as a 17-point underdog at the Horseshoe against Ohio State. Now, since 2000... Notre Dame is 4-23 as a double-digit underdog. One of the big wins was Manti Taylor and the Irish going to Norman to beat Oklahoma in that magical 2012 season. Now, fortunately, they have not been a double-digit underdog that much the last few years outside of college football playoff games. What is your read right now on this line that apparently a lot of money must be still coming in on Ohio State? There's a big belief they might be the national champion this year.
5: Yeah, and I don't think this is, you know, I'm sure Notre Dame fans think this is, uh, you know, disrespectful to the Irish. I don't think it's that, in my opinion. Look, I believe that it is 1A and 1B. I think it is, I think this Ohio State team is that good. Uh, you know, there's questions on the defense, and anything can happen, as we saw last year with Ohio State losing to Oregon at home with Kayvon Thibodeau's sideline. So, uh, that's kind of the blueprint, I think, uh, what Notre Dame could try to accomplish, but Look, everybody that I've talked to that I respect in this industry has has kind of laid it uh, with Ohio State, and that's why you've seen the number balloon up. You know, over the summer, Darren, there was a spot in town, uh, I believe it was William Hill, who posted a 10.5. And, and, Mm. you know, I know a lot of people who quickly uh, laid that number. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, we'll see. I think the biggest thing is we don't know how, you know, Marcus Freeman is going to... um, you know, perform in in big, big spots, right? I mean, we knew Brian Kelly, the thing about him was the consistency. You know, hadn't lost as a, when Notre Dame was a favorite uh, since the Stanford game in 2017, uh, but he couldn't maybe get over the hump. You know, is Marcus Freeman capable of, uh, of, of game planning and getting this team to, to exceed uh, expectations? We'll find out. Um, but yeah, my read is that you know, majority of people have been laying it uh, that are respected. That's why the number has moved uh, to where it's at. I think we're probably at the settling point, in my opinion. We saw some 17 and a halfs come out. Uh, those quickly, I think, got gobbled up by people uh, trying to what they call middle it. So, you know, if they get, you know, Notre Dame plus 17-and-a-half and Ohio State, let's say, minus, you know, 14 or whatever it was earlier in the summer, uh, they're hoping that the game lands 31-24, and they could get win both sides of their bets. So I think that's probably where it ultimately lands in that 17, 17 and a half range. And unfortunately, uh, I just think that's that's probably the correct number uh, when it comes to when it comes to this game. Not not an indictment on the Irish. It's more so uh, just how good and how well respected this Ohio State team
4: is. Tim Murray, the host of Veasan's new primetime show, airing from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, joining me here on WSBT Radio. I get the sense, Tim, just my breakdown of the game, I think this is going to be a fairly high-scoring football game. I don't know if Ohio State's going to get into the 40s necessarily, but I think both teams are going to be able to put up some points. When you look at that 59 over-under number, what do you see?
5: Yeah, we had a pretty well-respected better in the college football space who I think Notre Dame fans have been a a little angry with over the (laughs) summer. His name's Brad Powers. uh, but he came on my show and, and said he liked the over. Um, you know, I, I could, I could see it go both ways. So I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I, I, I let people know if I bet games. If I hadn't, uh, I have not bet anything on this game. Uh, I just, I, it's you know, part of me is is kind of I don't bet on my on, the, on my favorite team all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I just think the number is probably correct, and I have a hard time reading week one games too. Um, I I could certainly see it. Marcus Freeman kind of alluded to it today in his press conference that you can't stop Ohio State. So does that mean, Darren, that they're going to try to lean on an offensive line You know, with Jared Patterson's questionable health, which is certainly an unfortunate circumstance. And I think another thing that leads into this line of where it's at, uh, do they try to run the ball a little bit more? Uh, They try to, to slow this pace down. Do they try to control it? That's that's a curiosity I have, so that's why initially I thought, yeah, over 59 would probably be the play because Notre Dame knows they have to get up and go, um, but I just I don't know if that's necessarily the blueprint to this game for the Irish and and for Ohio State. I will say this, though. You're going to see explosive plays. I mean, that's yeah. what they do, Ohio State. They, they get big-time plays. They have elite receivers, and they're going to test that secondary. Um, you know, we'll see. I think, you know, the biggest key for me is can the Irish get – uh, consistent pressure on C.J. Stroud, and, and if they can, then I think they've got an opportunity to maybe make him mis- have some mistakes. I mean, C.J. Stroud is really precise. Obviously, they got tons of weapons. So I, you know, Al Washington and 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 you know, uh, everybody there on the defensive side of the ball, Al Golden. You know, what are what are they going to do to try to scheme it up to slow down? In my opinion, the best offense in the country.
4: Tim, when you look at the win total for Notre Dame, I've been sitting all summer. I don't think they're any worse than nine and three. I'm not sure they're going to be much better than ten and two. I know the win total is kind of—it looks like it's fluctuated just a little bit between eight and a half and nine and a half. What is your opinion on your expectation for Notre Dame football, and maybe what their win total might be this year?
5: Well, I think this year I really see a nine and three team coming, um, and the question is.
4: You know, do you
5: if you're going to bet it, and if it's at nine, uh, do you foresee more likely than not they're ten and two, or more likely than not they're eight and four? I would lean to the latter. Uh, some questionable games, some toss-up games, right? Clemson at home, elite offense, excuse me, defensive line in Clemson, but questions on the offense. Uh, Clemson will be coming off a bye week heading into that game. While Notre Dame will have just played on the road at Syracuse, you got the final week of the season against USC. Certainly a toss-up there. Uh, I'm not as high as you, on USC as many are, um, so I think Notre Dame certainly could go in there, but the ceiling of that USC team is, is certainly high. BYU is going to be a really tricky game here in Las Vegas. BYU brings back as much uh, continuity as really any team in the country uh, when you look at some of their returning production, both offensive defensive. The entire coaching staff is still intact, so you know, BYU is certainly going to be a tricky game. Notre Dame does get the bye coming off of that. Uh, the UNC game, uh, we'll see. I was not impressed at all with UNC uh, in week zero. I think they're in trouble this weekend against Appalachian State, to be honest. Um, but I-, I think they're 9-3 the and three because I think ultimately what you have to remember when I look at this Notre Dame team and I try to be realistic is, look, Brian Kelly had sustained success at Grand Valley State, then Central Michigan, then Cincinnati. And when he came to Notre Dame, it was still kind of bumpy, right? The, the USF loss, the Tulsa loss, that mm-hmm. still kind of sticks in the minds. Now, this program obviously is in far better shape right now than it was when Brian Kelly took over, uh, you know, in 2010. So, but what Brian Kelly did, and as I think you know, is that he won the games he was supposed to win. Marcus Freeman, is he always going to have this team ready to go? You know, is there a spot where he could stub his toe, you know, whether it be at UNC, at Syracuse, You know, something like that. So uh, if it were eight and a half, I would probably play the over because I think it's more likely than not they're nine and three. If it's at nine, it's a complete stay away. Uh, If forced to play it, I'd probably lean under. Uh, But ultimately, Darren, if it's eight and a half, I probably would lean over because I think this team is nine and three. I think they do ultimately get a win against USC, Clemson, and BYU. But then there's maybe a a loss that we're not going to want to enjoy or want to see on that schedule.
4: How much fun are you having right now being a host on VEASAN, working with Sean? You have a highly successful show that's moved up in the time slot just a little bit.
5: No, it's been great. You know, Sean and I, uh, we, we came together about a year ago. Uh, he walked into our studio just as a guest and uh, you know, let us know, hey, I'm moving to Las Vegas. And I immediately texted the higher-ups and said, we need to make sure we get this guy on staff. And uh, if he could work with me, that would be even better. And uh, fortunately, it all worked out. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We go back and forth, uh, but you know, it's it's a great relationship because you know we could disagree. You know, I wouldn't say yell at each other. You know, kind of scoff at each other, but at the end of the day, you know, we know it's we know it's on air. We're just having fun. Uh, he's got some interesting takes. He he's really high on the Trojans, which uh, hmm. I don't fully buy into right now. I think you know, I think someone over the summer said it best. They might be the most improved and also the most overrated team heading into 2000 and 22 but no it's been a blast absolute blast and uh you know hopefully uh hopefully we're here to stay in this uh, in this time slot and we'll keep on rolling
4: two things i think usc would be a great seven on seven team but when you go (laughs) 11 on 11 i just don't know if they have the grit up front on both sides of the football so i'm I'm with you on that and second i don't know if there's anything any better than sean has a parlay working in hockey and two of the games are in shootouts that might be as good a tv or reality tv that anybody can watch (laughs)
5: Yeah, he uh, he likes to fire on his hockey. He calls himself Pucksterdomus, which uh, which was self earned. Uh, I I don't think anyone else gave that to him. But uh, you know, as a former NFL quarterback and a guy who finished top ten in the Heisman, you got to have a lot of confidence. So he definitely has that. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's funny, Darren. I've been saying that all summer. It's hey, if USC was seven on seven, they'd be really impressive. Yep. But we'll see what they have in the trenches. I think there could be some games that uh jump up and bite them whether it be at UCLA obviously at Utah uh, but maybe even going to Corvallis against Oregon State hmm. we'll see uh, you know they've got talent there's no doubt but uh, it's, a, it's 11 on 11 like you mentioned so we'll, we will see if the Trojans can uh, live up to very lofty expectations already
4: I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I thought this would be the perfect week to chat with a Notre Dame-Ohio State game with this number continuing to rise, getting the attention of Irish fans. Hey, continued success to you. I know you enjoy when Notre Dame's out in Vegas, but hopefully we'll see you at Notre Dame Stadium sometime soon.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, let me know how I can help you guys when you come to town uh, here in, uh, in October, and, and I'd, I'd love to come back on next week and uh, be so wrong about what I expect from, uh, from Saturday night. So I will happily come back with my tail between my legs. I'll be cheering for the Irish. I just uh, have low expectations for yeah. this showdown on Saturday night.
4: Tim, I'll be chewing on the same hat. Don't worry. It won't be just you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Saturday. But, again, all the best to you. Thank you so much for the time, and we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, Darren. See you, man.